talking today about the scary title, Is Your Business Safe from Hackers? But I think also we, you and I had talked about calling it three things business owners need to be aware of and how to safeguard against those things. Yeah. So, <clears throat> Katrina, um, obviously, you know, you and I have talked, you know, we've kind of become friends over the past, I don't know, has it been like a year? Um, it must done a- be at least a year, yeah. And we've done a podcast before. Um, and the whole purpose of this podcast is because, you know, over the last 22 years of my education experience, like having my own businesses, working with other businesses like you do, um, I've just seen that business can be so much better. Like the failure rate is absolutely insane. And so we always say business can be better and it should be sort of our motto. We try to remind people like it can be better. And uh, the whole purpose of the podcast is to help people make their business better so they can have more profit, more freedom, more joy. And I always talk about marketing, leadership, and financials. But Something that, you know, I think we joked about in the past, me having one course on in my MBA program, IT management, it was called, maybe like a chapter on cybersecurity. Um, it, there, we're undereducated, we're underarmed, we're under-equipped, and we're being inundated. So this is why we had to get you back on the podcast. Um, and, you know, I like to have my guests introduce themselves because I don't want to miss some really important information. So, uh Let's have you introduce yourself, please. Tell uh, our listeners and people who are watching, people who are with us live or watching this later, uh, a little bit about yourself and your background. Thanks, Kelly Ray, and thanks for having me back on again. It's so good to do this with you because um, I know you're as passionate about helping people as I am. Um, so I was really looking forward to this. So for all of those that don't know me, my name is Katrina Ford. Yes, it's spelled a little bit differently. It is the Irish spelling, <laughs> and I get asked that all the time. Um, I'm originally from Ireland, but I've been living in Australia, Western Australia and Perth, for coming up on nearly 12 years now. Um, I started off in the IT industry over 20 years ago, and I started off very technical, hands-on, super geeky, loved to get into the nitty-gritty and um, loved um, just helping businesses with technology. And back there, it was back 15, 20 years ago, especially in Ireland, it was very much, um, you know, businesses would start off, they'd have a server in their office and they'd have computers connected to that server. And then as the years have um, passed, we've gone to the cloud. So we've seen things like Office 365 and now we're using Teams and all the different, platforms and products that's out there. I suppose how I got into cybersecurity was mostly about five to six years ago. Um, as IT professionals, you're always doing cyber and that's the thing you always have had to do cyber. We've always had to you know, look at spam messages. We've always had to look at viruses. But about five to six years ago, I've seen the massive trend of massive cyber attacks impacting my small to medium sized customers. Things like ransomware, business email compromise, and phishing emails. So I decided to go back to university and study my master's in cybersecurity to really understand what is this all about. And now I'm really passionate about um, helping everybody in general, but basically business owners, um, keep their business safe. I'm also very passionate about the human element of cyber. 
because um, you will hear a lot in the industry that humans are the weakest link. And I, um, I would be guilty that I used to say that too, but we need to flip that. Humans can be the biggest asset in your business if you educate them properly. Yeah, and that's the change that I want to see. But, okay, sorry, the last bit. Sorry, I was like, that made me mad. I'm like, that's the opposite. Yeah. Um, but right now they are kind of acting like a liability. A lot of people uh, innocently, just because they don't know, because we haven't trained them as business owners. Yeah. We haven't implemented the systems or, yeah. So we'll, but we'll get into But it's general, you know, um, I went, I visited New York in December for the first time ever. And straight away... I felt a change in myself and how I protected myself from a security perspective. You know, I was not the same way as I am in Australia because I feel I felt it was more secure here. So I was more aware of my surroundings and more aware of what's happening. And that innately just kicked in. We should be able to do that when it comes to online security. You know, when we look at emails, when we get text messages, um, when we go to websites, we should have this innate ability to detect whether there's something suspicious or not. And I yeah. think that's the journey that we're on. We've done that with our physical security, but we now need to do it with our online security. Yeah, I love that, that vision for, yeah. for IT security and cybersecurity. Uh, I think I get at least one text a week that's some sort of fake. Like today, I think it said, if you're Canadian and you pay taxes, click here, you get a refund or something. Yeah. It wasn't the normal fake CRA one, but like, I don't even look at that stuff anymore, you know? And, but then, uh, Steph and I, one of my team members were talking about, well, you know, Steph, not, maybe not everyone knows Steph. Um, just talking about our parents, you know, and how we need to keep them updated on all these scams. And it's like, you constantly hear about scams. And normally I'm one to focus on the positive and focus on what is good you know, not what's wrong, not what's scary. Like, I don't like watching the news and I, I know we have to be informed, but you don't have to be inundated, you know? Yeah. Like, so all the crises, panic, like all that sort of stuff, I'm not a fan of. However, I would be completely irresponsible business consultant if I wasn't advising people to have a safety plan for their IT and their cybersecurity. So we need you for that. So yeah. And, uh, and I think it's just a weird coincidence, not coincidence. I think it's really cool. We both have our masters and I was born in Perth and now you live there. I'm like, the world's a pretty big place. I think, I think we were meant to have at least a couple podcasts. I had you in my calendar when you were in New York, but that's uh, right. You did. I was like, I think she'll realize once she get there, how far away Calgary, Canada is from New York. But, uh, yeah. Um, anyways, I hope you had a good trip. But so we did, we did a fantastic trip. Awesome. Awesome. And it was like two weeks? Uh, well, we had eight weeks in Ireland um, and six uh, six nights in New York. Wow, good for you. You were yeah, back home so everybody. We were making up for not being able to travel for the last number of years. So, yes. um, but I did forget how cold it gets over there. <laughs> yes. I came it's back actually... to it for a frost. It was snowing. It was snowing all day today. Oh wow! Yeah, I know, and it's like March twenty seventh. But anyways, it was beautiful. So let's talk about okay. Why is this topic important right now? Well, I just talked about that text message I got today, which is one of so many emails and text messages that I get are so, that are so bogus. And I, I hope people know this. 
Um, but I don't think they know how bad it is. And we have, I feel that we have to get into that to then have people realize the urgency and then focus on the solutions with you today. So, yeah. So what, what would you say if I asked you why this topic is important right now? I, I would say that this topic, right. Well, it's been, it's been important for a long time, but I think, you know, the world is seeing a lot of upset. There's a lot of economic crisis around the world. And normally in times of economic crisis, we see crime on the rise. Now the hackers and criminals can do it online. They can do it from the comfort of their home. And it's easier to do online crime than it is to do physical crime. So that's why we're seeing this rise. Um, We're also, it's um, become a very lucrative business model for cyber criminals. Um, And there's a lot of stats Interpol had released that it's now um, taken over the drug trade. So it's more lucrative than the drug trade. So criminals can make a lot of money out of it, not just by hacking businesses, but also, as you talked about, scams for individuals, um, all different types of scams. We're in this period of time in our lives where you know technology for many is relatively new you know it's only been around 10 20 years you know most of us have only used had mobile phones for 10 15 years so we're still getting used to this new way of operating and living and being online and most of us have never been educated you know we've never had to do as you said you've done your mba and you had one module or one unit on yeah. uh, it and security yeah. most have been self-taught how to use a computer so we've never been taught what are the tactics also hackers are getting better and better and better and they're finding easier and more sophisticated ways to scam us and even though some of them may seem sophisticated to be honest some of them's very easy and low level but it's very lucrative for them. I wanted to ask you to clarify that because I've never actually heard that. And that shocked me when you said that online crime or cyber crime is easier than physical crime. Yeah. Like, yeah. How so, easy? Um, well, you could go and use watch a, a, a 14 hour YouTube video and learn to become a hacker. You know, so a lot of the tools and the techniques that they use, is out there um, a lot of them are free and it's not it's not um extremely difficult to learn how to do these things some of the the like email scams and the sms the text message scams they're they're relatively easy to do as well low cost to set them up um and therefore especially we see a lot of third world countries that's where some of these types of scammers are coming from and they have maybe a lot of time on their hands and um, again we're seeing things also like the larger types of crimes such as ransomware we're seeing that they are being what you call ransomware as a service so you pay a criminal group to do this crime for you so it's evolving and a lot of these cyber crime criminal groups are run like very well tuned and well organized businesses we so, talked about this before. I got yes. a phone call. I got a, no, I got a text saying that there were like thousands of dollars in international charges on my credit card and to call this phone number. And like an idiot, I called the phone number. Yeah. And I answered and said, he was from Visa Security or something. And I was like, and he said, your card's been hacked or whatever. Like, let's start with your account information or something. And right away I was like, 
where where are you calling from? And then he like repeated yeah. it, and I was like, yeah, I only have Mastercards, and I hung up. But yeah. he sounded like he was doing a job, like he had been hired, like he was. Yeah. I think I think I think he was probably. Yeah, from a third world country, like you said. Um, and like I just pictured like a business owner like one of us or one of the many business owners we know with a call center. And actually yeah. that's my first management job. I was a terrible leader, uh, but it was 22 years ago and we had a call center, but we did yeah. surveys, right? Um, but picture that over there, it's a business. You get hired to do something. You read the prompts on your screen. You tell the people the thing that's on, do they even know they're committing crime or doing horrible things? Like- and he, I guess even if they do, they get paid well. So I don't yeah. know. I like yeah. to believe in the goodness in people. And this just makes me sick. So yeah. how fast can we move to the, what do we do about this part? <laughs> yeah. Um, what we what we all need to do is learn the basics. And, you know, um, be committed to implementing the basics into your daily life as well as your business life. I'm a firm believer that cyber security, um, it should be like a life skill that we all learn and we bring it into your workplace. So if you think about you have an employee and they, you employ this person, but you need them to be able to drive. Well, they haven't learned that for your job. They've learned that for their personal life, mm-hmm. but that's a skill that they've now brought into your business that you need them to do. Yeah, This is the exact same. We need to learn this skill so yeah. that when we go to our place of work that we take that skill with us and i think that's a change that we need to see um as business owners and we need to take it seriously we need to empower our staff also as i said earlier um you know talking about being the weakest link well if you create an environment where your staff are your biggest asset you create an environment where they feel safe to come and report to you if they've made a mistake or they feel safe to report if somebody is acting suspiciously and they can then protect your business you know what we are seeing when i run security awareness programs and i go and speak to people within organizations they'll say they didn't report an incident because their boss was too busy at the time and they didn't want to add more pressure to them and you think about busy busy business owners and you know maybe you're in the middle of a project and you're super stressed your team don't want to add to your stress levels but you need to have an environment there where they know that it's safe to come and speak to you even if you are busy even if you are stressed because that cyber incident that could potentially happen is going to leave you and the business much more stressed and much more busy yeah let's stop on that for a sec because that's huge so Sometimes I talk about this when we're talking about culture or feedback or communication, conversations. I like to say the conversation is the relationship, but I think, you know, you know, I had a tough year last year and I wasn't at my best. And so what you just described, I could picture perfectly. Somebody being like, yeah. oh my gosh, don't tell her. It'll just stress her out. She's already so upset or whatever. Um, and like, since I'm back, like I really pride myself on, keeping that consistent, calm, kind, like emotionally intelligent, um, open to listening and really caring about my staff. Like people should know they can come to me, but any business owner or leader listening now, think about the last time one of your staff gave you upsetting news and how you acted from everything like 
the first facial expression you made, what you said, if you were like, oh, this now, you know, or um, like some people might have even swore or been like, oh, this is the last thing I need. And if you think back to that last conversation, that's what you just taught them. You know, you taught them that they can't come to you about this. And I've never thought about this as one of those topics, Katrina. So thank you so much for bringing that up. And I think everyone just really needs to be in all aspects of business, really emotionally self-aware, emotionally intelligent and kind, calm, clear, consistent, like get your, you know what, together before you come in and do your morning routine. Listen to what you need to listen to in the morning, do your exercise, you know, do the four G's we always talk about, but come in ready to listen and listening the way we define it is actually being willing to have your mind changed. Because if you're not listening with the possibility of having your mind changed, you're really just waiting for them to finish talking so you can talk. Yeah. So ask your staff, you know, think about your last relationships and ask your staff, do you feel comfortable coming to me? And of course, we're when we're at the end and you've got Katrina's um, action items, please go to your teams with these. Please execute them execution equals results and if you don't do anything with this information nothing will get better and just because you have no frame of reference if you haven't been hacked before or you haven't had ransomware or you haven't had money stolen or you haven't had the inconvenience of your bank account being emptied of hundreds of thousands of dollars or a million dollars and trying to run your company without that it still could happen to you so Mm. this is why i've got katrina all the way from perth australia um and so the top like was it three things we're going to focus on Katrina three things that business leaders okay that business leaders need to know and do right now and how to do it we're going to do all that in the next 15 minutes I'm going to be quiet okay let's do this (laughs) you're awesome that's it yeah so I think the number one thing that every business owner is facing when it comes to cybercrime is phishing and fake emails and that is, nine, they, they say around between 90, the stats change all the time, but anywhere between 90 to 95% of every cyber attack starts with an email, starts with a phishing email. So educate your team regularly, have that conversation regularly about emails. Um, I've seen businesses implement what they call focus time. So focus time is quiet time where you're focusing on your emails and then you don't look at other things or you, you're focusing on certain period or tasks within your business. Emails, when you're on the go and you're on the, biz, on the busy, especially on your mobile phone, really easy to click on something without really concentrating on what you're doing. So, Is yeah. clicking on like the email on your phone to open it get you in trouble or just if you click a link? Click a link. Click a link. Okay. So, so if you open there it is... Yeah, there was um, some phishing emails back a number of years ago that, you know, when you did open them, that it would initiate, but we haven't seen a lot of those in a long, long time. So it's mostly clicking on a link or opening an attachment that we're concerned about now. So, and also replying to emails. We're seeing a lot of phishing emails where hackers will go and set up like a, a free email account, such as Gmail or Hotmail in the business owner or the CEO's name. And then they'll reach out to the staff, maybe an executive assistant or something like that to say, hey, I can't get into my work emails. I need your help and try and engage with 
the team member to try and commit them, um, convince them that it's the business owner and then help get access to the emails. Okay. You need so, to have a better relationship with your staff than that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like how long do you have to be out of touch for them to, I guess if you're on vacation or you're out of the country or if it's a business that you have running without you, it's a lot more likely, but I guess what we have to implement like a procedure that they pick up the phone and call. And larger businesses as well. So you yeah. have to think about if larger businesses, you have larger teams, not everybody has that same relationship with the CEO. But if you're in a business and your CEO reaches out to you, you're and you're probably going to want to help. So hackers play on those those emotions within us, those traits within us as human humans that we are, and helpfulness is one of them. You know, so when you look at phishing emails, they craft them in a way that either evokes an emotion so that we will take action. And that's what they want us to do with emails is take action. So when you're opening emails, I always teach three things. Um, when you open an email, you first should say, who is sending me this email? And can I verify it is definitely them? Is it the proper email address? And am I 100% sure it is the person that they say they are? The second thing, go ahead, sorry. Sorry, it's just so much information. And it's so important and you know it so well, but everyone listening is, I don't want people listening to get overwhelmed and not do anything. And I have a tendency to give too much information. Uh, so the first thing I think we need to make sure that we highlight is when you said verify that it's the right person or whatever. Okay, let's put a how on this, right? Like, so you said, look at the email address. And I yes. have been doing that since you since we talked about that a long time ago and it makes it very easy to see that it's like a X Y G H F S at gmail.com. Like they're just so lazy. They didn't even try to mimic a yeah. email address. Right. But the name says like Kelly Rachel Mackey or Katrina Ford. Like, yeah. but if you, and I can't say a hundred percent of the time that I've actually taken the time to click on that little arrow or highlight the thing to see what the email address is, but we should, it'll yeah. take a second so look yeah. at the email address. That's the first thing. And yeah. then it, and then what from there? Like if it sounds fishy, pick up the phone or? Well, there's three, there's always three indicators from a, a, a phishing email. So one is the email address that it's coming from. Okay. Two is the language that they use. So phishing emails, they want you to take action. They want you to take the next step. So the third thing is what is the email is asking you to do? So if you get an email from your boss and it's saying, I need you to click on this link, I need you to open this attachment, I need you to pay this invoice, you know, the hackers need you to take action. So there'll be some kind of urgency within the email. There'll be, um, if you don't click on this link, you're going to not have access to your emails. Or if you don't click on this link, you're going to be blocked out of your bank account. So they'll always use language that will invoke maybe fear or something like that that will try and get you to take action. And so instead of taking action, we like call the number on the back of our credit card or we call our CEO or we call the assistant to the CEO or we call someone. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Yeah, so the other thing when you talk about calling, be very, very cautious. We're seeing a huge trend of them sending fake phone numbers within the email or within um, a text message. Yeah. As you said earlier, they're set up as call centers We've heard here in Australia where you call this number and it's the exact same experience if you were calling your bank. So like say the email comes saying that your bank account's gonna get suspended, call here. You call up, 
it's the same hold music it's the same everything so they've set it up really professionally so it's really hard for you to um know and there's an example of a paypal scam that happened here in australia and i wanted to talk about this one because it could happen to anybody um, they got an email saying that um, there's been fraudulent transactions through their PayPal account. So PayPal has suspended their account. Please call this number to, to discuss. Um, they called the number and um, they got through to what they thought was PayPal. Very professional, very well spoken. Um, and the person at the end of the phone convinced them that they needed um, authorization codes to authorize it was them, but they were actually authorizing the hackers to transfer money out of their bank account. Yeah, um, like, $100,000. $100,000? Yeah. This is so such an easy one though, guys, if you listen and you actually execute. Like, don't ever call a phone number from an email or a text. No. Ever. Go and have a look at the website. Have a look. Have uh, you got it somewhere else? Car. Um, yeah. 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 But or don't call emails from that place. Yeah. And it yeah. is that easy, right? Somebody could be an ATB customer. They could be a whatever Bank of Queensland customer. And then yeah. they just call as a customer, find out the experience. Yeah. And yeah, totally. Okay. I have a question about the easiness. I, I don't want to forget to ask you this because it's driving me crazy. Um, well, I know you can't answer this question, like who, what is wrong with people? Um, but <laughs> the second question, like, seriously, this is disgusting. It like, it makes me anyway. So you're saying YouTube, a 14 hour video on YouTube, which when you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, if someone is watching this, they literally just got the wrong information from us, but <laughs> doesn't YouTube and like every other social media have automatic artificial intelligence like and the legal responsibility to shut down or take off any videos that are like here's how to hack people here's how to steal money from people good question but the thing is the tactics that the hackers use us in the cybersecurity industry use those techniques as well to protect people so um that's the battle that we're facing so it's again you know i'm sure loads of people know how to break into a house but morally and ethically we know that's not the right thing to do you know there's consequences for doing it so it's the same with doing it online so even though that you know how to do it should you be doing it for good or are you doing it for bad it's an age-old dilemma about ethics and what's right and what's wrong so, so it's then- very hard to stop them having these skill sets that's that's never going to happen because just right now, like I said, we're talking about the positive way to use these things. Yeah. But some asshole, part of my language, could be listening and being like, oh, perfect. I'll go look on yeah. YouTube now. Or I'll just call ATB and, like, listen to their hold music. Like, yeah. okay. So how are we going to fix this? Okay, that's um, a good question. I'll let you finish yeah. your three points. Sorry. You're okay. So that's the first point is definitely phishing emails. Um, And as I said... From 2005, um, data and analytics has told us that phishing emails is the reason why hackers are getting into organizations 90% of the time. So it's been around for a long time and we need to take it seriously. I think a lot of people just think, oh, I would I would be able to identify these emails or, you know, I wouldn't fall. The second um, thing that every business owner should do is passwords Um, enforce a good password authentication method for your accounts. 
I've seen so many businesses over the last 12 months who know and are trying to do the right thing and they implement a password manager, but then they're not using the password manager correctly. So they're still creating their own passwords. They're still reusing passwords. The password manager is only a tool. You need to, you need to use it properly. And by that, I mean having unique passwords that uh, the tool creates for you and that you don't create yourself. Hackers know how we create our passwords. You know, they have a lot of data now on our human brain and the way that the brain creates passwords. So we need to move forward and we need to really think about passwords because they're around to stay for another while. There's a lot of talk about password lists, but, um, you know, passwords is definitely the second uh, most common way that they get into businesses. And if you bolster onto passwords, I would say implementing good multi-factor authentication in your business, okay. because then if they get your password and then you have multi-factor authentication, it's the second step that they have to go through to get into your business. And sorry, just to clarify, when you said accounts, you were not just talking bank accounts, you're talking email accounts. No. Email accounts, any account, um, any online platform that you need to have a username and password, that's an account. So when you go to Facebook, you have to set up an account on Facebook to access the platform. If you go to Instagram, LinkedIn, you have to set up an account. So anywhere that you have a username and password, you should be setting up multi-factor authentication there as well. And how do you do that? But don't worry, I have it. I just want to make sure everyone knows. Because <laughs> I like I feel like people could be listening and being like, oh, that's too much, or like they won't guess my passwords. And uh Multi-factor authentication is just most most places are going to prompt you to do it. But what if you've said no? It's too much of a pain because that's what I was thinking. Like seriously, randomly generated passwords. Like, and then what if the password manager gets hacked? Like, there's so many thoughts, and I'm just going to share them all on behalf of all business owners because I don't want them to not execute. Yeah, yeah. Password managers do get hacked. One of the largest password managers in the world got hacked last year as well publicized. Um, I use them as well, have done. Um, and it's there's nothing in this world that can't be hacked. That's what we must remember. But it's about putting things in place. There's no house in this world that can't be broken into. But you put measures in place to make it harder for the criminals to break into your house. If you have a bricks and mortar business, you do the same thing. This is all adding layers of security around your business to make it harder for the criminals to get into your business. That's basically what it is. Um, once, you know, and I think this is, you know, the change with technology that we need. People feel, you know, that it's harder to implement two-factor or multi-factor authentication. It's harder to have a strong password. But... If you have a cyber attack, it's much harder to rebuild your business. Yeah. You, the stats is 60% of businesses that suffer a major cyber incident don't recover. So, you know, this is what we need to get through to business owners. It's actually not harder. It's part of doing business. It doesn't slow you down. Once it's set up and implemented, it actually doesn't make it, you know, and for me, a password manager, it's much easier to have my passwords there to know that my accounts are secure and that I don't have to worry about it in the future. What password manager do you recommend? And how Look, is it easy? 
sorry yeah it's really difficult um because i don't like recommending products so but like i've used LastPass for quite a while um obviously they've had their incidents this year that we all know about they had cyber attack they had data breaches last year um other ones that um i use is bitwarden it's a free open source password manager and sorry is it on the blockchain yeah okay and um, people it's just a website that you have to go to right yeah bitwarden yeah Um, a warden of a prison yeah okay yeah and there's other ones called apple have their own one if you're an apple user and keeper and then there's ones called one password so the thing with products in cybersecurity and it they change all the time and so i might recommend something today next week they're unsecure and that's how fast the industry changes but it's better like even though i um i'm uh you know last pass had their data breach last year lots of companies are still using them because what what was the consequences or the fallout like if lots of companies are still using them i know one of my smartest friends who's really online savvy uses them even though that happened um, a lot of large organizations all over the world, a lot of government agencies use them. Um, so what they still, Sorry. There haven't been, um, we're still waiting, it's pretty new, but about the last past data breach, we're still you know, waiting to see how the industry has responded. LastPass has come out and made recommendations. They, you know, basically change your passwords, update your master password and things like that. So it's still relatively new what the fallout might be from that, but people are still using them. So they hacked LastPass, but do we know what they got? Yeah, they got their um, source code. Um, So the the code in which they're set up. And then the latest revelation was that they did get access to the database. Um, So the accounts and passwords, or were the passwords just there, so they weren't actually linked to something? as far as I know, there was some information that they didn't get, um, but things like your username, the websites that you go to, um, various pieces of information like that, I think that they got. So, but so then, look, like, I'm you not know, the, the, thing, the thing that we need to remember is here in Australia, we've had three large data breaches in the last six months since last year. And the US, Canada, Europe, everywhere around the world, companies have data breaches. It is part of unfortunately the way that the world operates right now and mm-hmm. uh, meta um, for instance they've had numerous databases facebook has had numerous databases so if you and we all do use these online platforms our data is going to be out there and um, you know a lot of us will have a lot of information about us on the dark web which is the underground of the internet where the criminals share this data that they they have stolen basically what we need to know is how to um, identify if we are being scammed because they're going to use this data to scam us or if they are trying to then maybe set up um, credit or take out finance in our names. So doing things like making credit sure that you, you know, have a credit report and that you have um, processes in your bank account for setting up different payment transactions and things like that. Those are the things that you need to think about. So it's it, it i know that for some this might seem a very scary topic but it's 
doing the basics getting the basics in place and you know not fearing it too much it's you know businesses start up bricks and mortar businesses in the middle of cities all the time mm-hmm. cities are full of crime mm-hmm. it doesn't stop you if you um want to own a, a clothes shop it doesn't stop you from having a bricks and mortar business because you're afraid of somebody breaking into it no. you know you will still do it because you're passionate and this is what you want to do and um, it's the same with a business that has online presence we just need to learn how all to protect it yeah all businesses um right now you know number three so that number one was the phishing number two was passwords and multi-factor authentication and number three is definitely backup 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 because there's a saying in cybersecurity industry it's not if it's when so if you're hit with a cyber crime you want to be able to recover your business yeah. so say for instance you come in today and um, to your office or tomorrow and your computers are all infected with say a ransomware or something making sure that you have backups that will allow you to recover and continue to work and i always say your backup is only as good as its last test so make sure you keep testing your backups that they're working because unfortunately that's what we see with a lot of businesses is that they they maybe outsource their backups to their it company yeah but then the it company isn't testing it regularly and then they have an incident and they can't recover yeah this is like exactly what happened to one of my bigger clients so um and actually another another client just popped into my head so i mean after we finish talking about this i'll get you to just do like one two three for people but i just want to make sure because i'm usually the most positive person in the room but i'm like totally playing devil's advocate here because we talked so much before we got live and I've talked so much lately about the lack of execution. And if people don't do anything with what they've learned, they'll affect no change. Like you will have listened to this, gotten scared and not have done anything if you don't Mm. execute on these things. Right. Yeah. So when, and when you said, it happens all the time, Kelly Ray, like I had a lady who attended one of my workshops last year she walked away with the best intention. She actually purchased a password manager, implemented the password manager, but then didn't change her passwords for her Facebook account and didn't set up multi-factor authentication. She was in the middle of a massive campaign for a, a launch that she's doing. Got her Facebook account hacked and it's gone. She can't get it back. We're trying to work with Facebook at the moment to get our account back. But she, she said that she said she knew she needed to change those passwords and unfortunately she didn't okay so you know what's funny i thought about this before when i was looking at the agenda for today like i want to help so many more people like i want to work till i'm dead i want to make sure that just like you passionately change the world of business you know Mm. and we'll change the world through business too but there's this like human automatic not laziness but it's like it's what makes us do the easiest things first in a day instead of following our calendar yeah we like things that are convenience we always go for the convenient way the easiest way we'll find a a quick way to do something that's how we're being taught to do it so can you share how using a password manager and doing multi multi multi-factor authentication is 
just as easy once you've implemented it. Because when you said that, I was kind of like, because mm. I know with us, um, and this is one of the reasons I don't want to, I want to help people, but I don't want to have a big online presence because I feel like I'll get targeted. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want to ever get to where that lady's launch, you know, like we do launches, but we fly under the radar. No one's taking money out of our accounts. That said, we've had numerous attempts at phishing scams, text messages, all that sort of thing. Um, but like my team uses my Facebook, you know, a lot to get mm. into our business suite. And yeah. my team has my passwords and like using a password manager and like randomly generating passwords and how often do you have to change them? And then if you have multi-factor authentication and I'm like on just even out somewhere at like a, the chiropractor or something, and my team needs to get into something and then there's a, a code sent to my phone, but they don't have it. Like those are the things that are coming up for me. And yeah. You're probably like, shut up, Kelly Ray. But no, we talked about, you know, execution. So we don't want anyone to listen to this and do nothing. So then yeah. what, what are the actual, like, what do we, let's say, let's use LastPass. Let's just talk about like an average business because every business has an online presence now, right? So mm. what's this, what are the steps? What do we do? And how is it just as easy? But also I do want to reiterate guys if you've never been punched in the nose before or like hit in the nose with a basketball or a volleyball, you have no frame of reference for how bad that hurts. It's like a feeling you can't describe and getting hacked and getting all, literally losing all your money, all of your business's money, possibly your whole credit card getting jacked to the max, your line of credit getting extended and all the money in your account's gone. You really have to sit in that. Like you have to create your own urgency here. We can't come over. Katrina can't come to everybody's business, you know. And unfortunately, it's not being taught in schools yet. And I hope that it it will be. And I I think you'll be a part of that one day. Honestly, I think you are changing the world. Um, but tell me, I'm the average business owner, and I I am I've got my passwords. What I think is safe, and uh, I do have multi factor authentication, but it's a pain in the ass. So when I tell it my team, it shouldn't be. And this is it, it, okay. like multi factor authentication should be relatively easy. So for instance, like if you use the same device such as your your laptop or your computer, once you do multi factor authentication, um, you shouldn't have to do it every day. It should remember who you are. Um, um some programs force you to though like online banking. yeah some programs do force you yeah but again like i good. use my i use microsoft authenticator for a lot of my things uh because i am an office 365 user the authentication push notice comes to my phone or you get the six digit code and you approve it now right. how long does it actually take to do that less than two seconds unless That's somebody basically. else wants in though do you know what i mean like with my team using my accounts yeah. What do you recommend? Yeah, so, um, well, like I have a virtual assistant who also uses my um, accounts, but you don't, especially Facebook and Instagram, you don't, she doesn't have to be authenticated all the time. Mm -hmm. um, so once she gets in, she's in for a while. And unless, you know, we need to refresh, she's in for a while. So that that's okay. That That's, that's right. pretty safe. It may not be the safest, but from a business process wise, that works. And also, so, can't you go into your accounts like Facebook and check like all the sign-in activity? Well, you can put that in you your can. calendar. 
you can you can so you can go through your privacy settings on your facebook see who's being logged into your account see what devices are logged into your account and um, that's something i done a workshop on that last year um i taught people how to secure their social media accounts because it is something that you need to to learn i think social media in particular for small business owners um there's been a massive rise of them losing instagram and um facebook accounts and you just need to learn how to protect them yeah that would be good if you do you have that is it a course yeah or a, yeah, yeah. You, i have it now as a course yeah oh we would love to share that because um that's like the basics right and you like you can check time device location and if you just systemize that put it in your calendar and check every week it'll take you 30 seconds but you'll know yeah. you're good okay two fa- two-factor authentication got it it's not that bad we can check the devices um people don't have to do the two-factor all the time unless the software yeah. forces you to we use google yeah. business so like nothing like microsoft yeah uh, well i mean like sheets is just like it's, excel and docs are just like docs it's, but. it's the same thing it's basically the same setup and then you have your multi-factor authentication there as well and um, they're both pretty similar in how they're set up and the security around the both so it's not much different you can use google authenticator instead of microsoft authenticator so it's an app you download um and you can authenticate using a six digit code using um the google authenticator as well okay that's awesome um and last pass and most password managers in in general but they have the ability for you to share your account with other people in your business without sharing your password so i can give my virtual assistants access to my facebook my instagram without them having to know my password that's awesome yeah so you drew that through the app oh google authenticator no, through the password manager. Password manager. Okay. That's mm. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So like I last year had a, a VA that worked with me for eight months doing most all of my social media for me. Um, I think maybe twice in the year did I have to re-authenticate her into my account. So I had shared my password. She didn't know my Facebook or my Instagram or any of my passwords. I shared them through my password manager. Then I authenticated her with my multi-factor authentication she had it on her iMac and she had access to my account every day that way. Okay. And then the Facebook thing, I don't want to go past really quickly or the Instagram thing. Um, or I guess it could be on LinkedIn as well, any social media, but I get messages all the time from either one, somebody who has the exact same pictures and stuff as somebody I'm already friends with, which I quickly look at their number of friends and they have like one or they have yeah. 29 friends and zero posts. And then I just block them immediately and report them. And then I tell the person that they're imitating who like what had happened. But um, on Instagram, there'll be people who are just obviously fake people and I'll just block them. But then there's people who are like, hey, we want to feature you in Forbes magazine. And it's like, yeah, I'm sure you do. Um, yeah. So like. I'm overcautious, I think, but you have to be like, they'll call if they actually want to do that, you know, if yeah. that's a real, but so. And also be careful of people that you are connected with on Instagram and particularly asking you for, to do random things out of the blue. So last year I was working with, uh, she was actually from Canada, an author, 
and um, we have been talking about a few things. I think she had attended one of my workshops or something. And then out of the blue, um, I got a message from her saying, I really need your help. I want to get my Instagram account verified. And because I've worked with her and spoke with her, I was like, oh, yeah, how can I help? What do you need me to do? And she said, um, I'm going to send you a text message. I need you to screenshot that text message and send it back to me. Now, her account had been hacked. So they had obviously seen her history, thought that, you know, they could fool me. But I knew that was a method that the hackers were using. So straight away, I called them out saying, you've hacked into this account. By me sharing that screenshot with you of the text message, you would reset my password and steal my account. And um, so just be cautious, even with people that you're connected with, yeah. their account may have been hacked. So if yeah. they're asking you for unusual requests, just, um, yeah, ask that. And sure. always call, right? And if, like, I think I brought that up again because we all have a Facebook account to have a Facebook business page. We all have yeah. an Instagram account, you know? So I don't know anyone who doesn't have an Instagram or a Facebook or a LinkedIn, you know? So anybody on there could be hacked and they might not even know it. Yeah. Yeah. I think the weird language thing is good. Calling, that's got to be the best defense, right? Yeah. Especially if you know, um, them, you know their voice, you know their phone number. And especially if, um, if you're in the admin or the finance team and you're dealing with invoices, um, always call the verified bank account details. Yeah. Um, we're seeing a lot of business email compromise where they're sending out um, fake invoices um, with fake bank accounts. It, here in Australia in particular, it's become a huge, huge issue but I know across the world it is as well. So if you're working with a new supplier or a new customer and they send an invoice with bank account details, always call and verify that those bank account details are correct. So if we take everything we learned from the podcast today and write it up and go over it with our teams and teach it to our teams, are we safe? You're never going to be 100% safe, but it's all about mitigating risk. So you will lower the risk and you'll lower the impact it may have to your organization or your business if it happens. And that's what it's about. It's, we can never fully um, prevent us from being attacked. We just cannot do it, unfortunately, in any organization that says it can, they're lying. <laughs> but um, it's about making sure that if it does happen, that it doesn't have the same impact um, and that we can still recover and our business can still keep operating. And at the end of the day, that's what it's about in both our personal lives and our business. It's lowering the risk and then limiting the damage that it can do when it does happen. And that's yeah. for most business owners, that, that's what we want. And it's the same with any risk. There's loads of different risks when it comes to business. This is just another risk that you need to address in your business. Yeah. And I remember a time when people were like, oh, do I really have to do online marketing? And I'm like, yes. Like, <laughs> um, or do I really have to have a social media account? And it's like, yeah. only if you want to stay in business, but like, this do I really have that. to talk on Facebook? Do I really have to talk on Instagram? Yeah. And now everybody's doing it and they're even doing things like doing silly dances on TikTok. <laughs> we are never going to do that. We don't need <laughs> to. Never. Okay. Um, so I have a question about bank accounts for business owners, business bank accounts. Do you recommend spreading it out over different banks? Yeah. Well, risk? 
every every country is different but definitely um having different bank accounts will definitely help and um, also um what i advise here for my australian clients is lowering your daily transactional limit so that if they do get into your account that there's only a certain amount of damage that they can do so and if say you need to increase your limit because you have a purchase or you have something that's of higher value bring it back down again don't leave it to it temporary um, at that higher risk also if you can um, when you're purchasing things online use a credit card because they have um more measures in place to be able to get your money back if you're just doing a debit card transaction then it's harder for the bank to get it back so if you're making a significant um purchase online you can use the use a credit card if you can because um they have like i think 30 days or something like that where they can stop the transaction and get it back but yeah. with a debit it's just you're, you're authorizing that payment with a debit okay all right so do you want to sum up the three things for people like that they should do? Because I really want yeah. them to do them. Yeah. So number one is educate yourself and your team around phishing. Um, phishing is definitely the number one way that the hackers are getting into organizations to steal your credentials and to install malicious software on your computers. Number two is um, improving your passwords, implementing a password manager and implementing multi-factor authentication having strong and unique passwords for every account, especially in your business, very important. Okay. And number three is backing up your data so that if um, on the that day comes that you still will be able to be recover and you'll still be able to operate your business um, and making sure that those backups are tested. And if I was to give number four is create a safe environment for your team to talk to you. I think that's the key takeaway um, for every business owner here is have those conversations with your team. You know, a lot of teams now work remotely as well. Um, so therefore, we don't have that same connection with our teams that we used to have. So make it um, easy for them to report to you. Maybe have it as an agenda item on your weekly team meeting or your monthly team meeting or whenever you meet regularly. Have it in this agenda item to discuss have you seen any anything suspicious or anything alarming in the last week, you know, and share what's going on in the business because sharing that knowledge will help everybody. Okay. And phishing emails or text messages are just a message that comes to you that's trying to get you to click on a link or open an attachment. And we do not want to do either of those things. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Or it can come imitating to be somebody else such as somebody else within your organization trying to convince you to give them access to the business yeah so i guess really pick up the phone and call if you can't call the ceo call their assistant like verify yeah. verify verify before you click anything or open anything and this is you're right this has been around forever yeah yeah like i and it's yeah. also you know as i said making it feel it's okay to lift up the phone and verify so that you're not making your staff feel silly or stupid for verifying that you're 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 congratulating them thanking them for being vigilant um, and that you your know business. yeah yes exactly exactly so create positivity around people you know actually being proactive to protect the business is really good as well
That is such a profound lesson. Uh, <laughs> really? No, really. It's it's like as a business owner, especially when you delegate stuff, and sometimes like if you have like a, a huge team or mu- multiple businesses, and you're like on the fly, and you're like, okay, I need you to do this, okay? And then somebody's like, well, no, we are not going to do that because of the policy that we have. In your head, you're kind of yeah. like, pardon. But yeah. it's like they created that policy because you gave them the skills and the tools and the, the oh my gosh, I lost the words, autonomy to do that, to protect your business. And now you want to break the policy. And so your ego is like, yeah. I'll do what I want because I'm the business owner. That's yeah. not the right thing to do. You no. know, like slow down. Um, we do play on that as well. Um, we will see them on a Friday afternoon, maybe um, sending an email tend to be the CEO or the owner of a business saying, um, I know that it's Friday and I need this done before the weekend. So they try to bypass procedures, especially when it comes to paying fake invoices or doing bank transfers. Um, and they'll play on that helpfulness that, oh, I want to help my boss by doing this for them. You know, so be cautious and make sure that your team know if they receive an email from you at five o'clock on a Friday, it's still okay to lift the phone and speak to me. It's yeah. still okay to contact me if you think there's something suspicious about this. And policies and procedures, which so many people think are boring or they don't need them or whatever, will yeah. save your money and your business and everything. Like, like I was talking to another business owner about this just last week, and they were, we were talking about that feeling when somebody tells you, no, I won't do that because we have a policy against it. And you're like, it's my business. Do what I say in your head. But then you're like, yeah, There's a I was acting like a five-year-old, and this is a great policy, and I'm really glad that they protected my business. You know, that was all our inside voice before. Um but policies and procedures might sound like boring or like you'll get to it one day or you, you're going to outsource it to a consultant. Do it yourself and make sure your whole company, not you as a business owner, but as a team, make sure your yeah. whole company knows the policies and procedures and knows that we don't break them. Because then if you get an email breaking a policy or procedure, you're going to be like, well, I know we don't pay invoices before the due date ever. Yeah. That's just my procedure because that's my part of my and then if I if they got an email even if it was from my actual email and I said please do this or whatever they would know this isn't Kelly Ray because she would never if I was going to break a procedure I'd be like I know there's a procedure about this I'm really sorry I just need to do it this one time there's no way the criminals know about our procedures and policies hopefully I hate people (laughs) not not people I hate these criminals um every walk of life do you know and we have to remember kelly ray that there's criminals out there for every type of crime you know and this is just one part of it um you could walk down the street and somebody tries to grab your bag you know we just have to it's it's just part of life now as we become more online and we are we are our businesses are online now so we just need to learn how to as i said i learned how to protect myself navigating the the crazy streets in new york and, you know, nobody, you know, that was something that I've just been taught as I was brought up um, as I traveled the world. It's the same with technology. We just need to learn this skill set so that it kicks in automatically and we don't even have to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So what about businesses who don't have a big budget? Like they can't hire you as a consultant or they can't. Yeah. Oh, oh, and I want to ask something else about backups after you answer this one. And then I'll let you go. I promise. I'm so sorry. 
Okay. Yes. If you haven't got a large IT budget, and especially um, at the moment when a lot of businesses are doing it hard, is start with basics. You know, password managers um, are not expensive. You know, they're relatively cheap. So start with those. Um, teaching your team about phishing emails. There's any amount of free resources out there. Most of our governments now have provided re free resources. Um, if you are a LinkedIn user and you've got the professional account or the paid account, um, you can get LinkedIn Learning. There's loads of e-learning there that you can do for phishing emails. Loads of free resources. So just start teaching your team using the free resources out there. Um, multi-factor authentication it's free you don't have to pay for microsoft authenticator you don't have to pay for office 365 it's a free tool so put those in place and then if you can't afford for an it company to do your backups do them yourself but test them regularly and do you know make sure if you can lose a week's worth of data and your business can still recover then do it weekly if you can't then if you need to make sure you cover daily do it daily but look at how much data could your business lose um, before it have a massive impact. So start doing those things that doesn't cost a lot of money. Um, things like making sure that your computers are up to date, Windows updates, any software updates. Um, the second biggest way that cyber criminals are getting into organizations is through out-of-date software. So having your devices all updating their software is another free way. Go and do a quick Google search, top 10 tips to protect my small business. There's any amount of free resources out there for small business owners. Obviously, if you can afford to get a professional in to do a review of your business, that's always advisable. It doesn't matter what industry you're in, whether you're insurance or a lawyer or whatever it is, um, you know, it's always better to get a professional. But if you can't do the basics yourself, at least start. And then when you can't afford, then getting a professional in. Okay, so how do we back up things ourselves? Like I'm thinking about like point of sale software, cloud-based accounting software, like everything's cloud-based now. Yeah, so yeah. So doesn't it back up itself? Most of the cloud providers will have backup uh, solutions in place. So check okay. with your, your cloud vendor okay. what their backup policy is. Um, you know, wherever you store your data, and I call it like your crown jewels of your business. So where is the crux, the most important parts of your business stored? Go and chat to that vendor and ask them, Is what is their backup? Is it a 30-day backup policy? Is it maybe they don't back up your data, but find out. So if you're using a cloud provider, make sure that you've checked with them and just don't automatically assume that they are backing up your data because they may not be. And people can use this podcast as like a to-do guide and get this all done in two days or less and prevent massive, massive losses. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Last question. <laughs> what if someone writes a blog, the 10 ways to protect your small business, and you click on something in the blog and it's, can they get you that way? It's the same as anything. Um, when you're online, you always need to check what links you're clicking on. Um, so it, 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 there's loads of different ways, but we just need to learn how to evaluate everything that we're clicking on. But yeah, I can't say that they wouldn't use that method, but again, it depends where you're hosting that blog. Have they been able to hijack and get in and manipulate the link? 
in right. your blog. So if it's well, a if credible, it, yeah. Sorry. So same, yeah, if you're hosting it somewhere that's credible and safe, then you should be fine. Yeah, like if it's Forbes or if it's like yeah. Business Insider, like a big, yes. you know that they're credible and you Google yes. that they haven't been hacked lately. Yeah. Then, yeah, good call. Yeah. Back to uh, paper writing and school, hey? Don't overthink it. Like, don't overthink it. Really don't overthink okay. it. You know, yeah, I, I don't think want that to. It's terrifying. Because once you overthink it and you go into fear, you won't take action. Do you know? But it's, I'm more it's angry. like, yeah, and it's, it's like, as I said, relate it back to your home. Do you know? Um, yeah. When you buy a house, you make sure that the windows are all secure. You make sure the do- doors are secure. You might get CCTV. You'll do all these things to protect your house. Um, some people implement some things. Some people don't. It depends on where you live. Same with online businesses. It depends on how much exposure you have online, looking at what you know is important in your business to keep your business running. You know, you might be a business that can do without your IT system for a week and your business will still operate. So you have to look at it from that perspective as well, because there's no, it's not cookie cutter. Every business is set up differently, but every business still needs to have the basics in place. Thank you. Um, I'm going to tag you on all of the live streams on all of the places. And then is it okay if people ask you questions? More than okay. I love people. I would prefer they come and ask me a question and then maybe I can help save their business or protect them. Um, And I always try my best to give as much advice as I can. So yeah, I do share quite a lot on um, Instagram in particular. Um, But this year I'm focused, my big focus is LinkedIn as well. And to share more blogs and things on LinkedIn. I also co-host a podcast in Australia. It's called West Coast Cyber. podcast and we just riff on different cyber security topics that's happening um, around the world what's it called again west coast cyber okay and we can find it yeah yeah and we can find it like apple spotify amazon everywhere awesome. yeah yeah same as, we'll ours. Have a okay. as well and we'll make sure wherever we post this stuff um steph also does really cool like little clips of the podcast that she'll post like one-liners that are really powerful that you said that people really need to know and then we'll make sure you get tagged and all that stuff too and then we'll put your podcast in there as well so are there other places online that you want to mention where people can reach you like your instagram handle yeah instagram i'm kit c-a-i-t so the first four letters of my name underscore cyber safe and linkedin i'm katrina ford um facebook same thing katrina ford underscore cyber safe so, but Instagram and LinkedIn are the two places that I spend most okay. of my time. Um, so, you know, I do share um, good tips. Um, last week I shared uh, on Instagram how to spot a phishing email. So I shared 10 points on how to spot a phishing email. Um, so I share a lot of things on my Instagram, those basic, simple tips that will help you keep safe. Will you tag me in that one? I'll share the heck yeah. out of it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, right. Do you have like an email list? Do you send like weekly tips out by email or anything? Yeah, it's mo- mostly monthly. So can yeah, I if you that? want, you can. Yes, okay. indeed. How do we sign up for that? Yeah, um, just you can do it through my Instagram account. Um, I have a link tree on it, so you can oh, do a link. It Perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, we love her. She's real. I've verified her. We've taken her online courses. She's good. She's good. <laughs> But yeah, it's true. You can't recommend anything anymore. But yeah, no, 
at the beginning I was overwhelmed and angry and on behalf of everyone who's getting harmed, but it's like, just don't make it worse than it is. And then take all these steps, not all these steps, just take these simple steps and yeah. you're going to mitigate the risk, reduce the impact. Thank you so much. This has been so helpful. Um, I'm sure for anyone who's listening or watching and, uh, yeah, we'll start tagging each other and sharing stuff to make sure that I can get my uh, followers in touch with you as well. Uh, thank you so much for what you're doing for people. Um, no problem. Thanks for having me on. It was great to yeah, see you again. Of course, you too. And like when I say that whole business can be better and it should be thing, like that means a lot to me. And mm. uh, and and there's you know not every not every person I have on the podcast really gets me as passionate and excited as you and reminds me, you know, there's, there are things we can do to just make our lives and our businesses so much better. Like it's so true. Business can be better. So just do these things, guys. Execution equals results. And if you don't know exactly how to do it, reach out, ask a question. I'll get you in touch with Katrina or get in touch with her. We'll tag her on everything and uh, teach your kids, teach your relatives, teach your parents, your grandparents. If you have them, let's just, pass this knowledge on and then then we can put it out of our minds and think about good stuff exactly yeah exactly thank you so much thank you so much for having me i'll talk to you soon my friend see you soon thank you bye now